On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll look at a couple of players slated to make long-awaited returns to the majors on Monday. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had uh, three co-brews uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15, presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. This is Monday, August 3rd. Al Melchior here with Derek Van Riper. DVR, let's kick off the week with some exciting news. We've got Kaber Ruiz to be recalled on Monday to make his debut with the Nationals. Of course, he had a couple of cups of coffee with the Dodgers. First Nationals appearance. The question I'm sure that we all have is how much is Ruiz going to play? We got a little bit of a cryptic message from Davey Martinez, but I'll look at this as the glass half full. Martinez said, we're going to play him as much as we can. So uh, does that say to you that he is ready to go as a number one fantasy catcher, or do you need to be, need to be more assured of playing time or of performance? I think there's always a risk for a player getting their first opportunity as a starter in the big leagues but I think with Ruiz we're talking about a guy who's really controlled the strike zone well in the minor leagues puts a ton of balls in play so I think the floor is actually pretty high just in terms of the batting average he's shown some power in the upper levels in the minor leagues he's been young for the level everywhere he's played at least in leagues that use two catchers I think he's worth picking up right away because the Nats have every reason to let him play 75 plus percent of the time to give him a pretty normal workload for a young catcher so I'm in on Ruiz in two catcher leagues I don't know if in like a 10 team one catcher league if I'm going after him right away I think I'd go more the watch list route to see just how good things look where he's at in the order and uh, kind of get a feel for things for a few days if possible all right well if you then maybe are thinking about a JT Real Muto replacement uh, which again not necessarily something we need to worry about but if you're being extra cautious maybe go a different route Real Muto left Sunday's game for the Phillies with ankle soreness he is considered day-to-day so um, would you consider sitting him this week DVR? I would consider it I think it's always tough with a catcher just because your replacement options are so bad a lot of them don't even play half as much as a guy like Real Muto can play um, so hopefully we get some clarity on Monday. You know, not knowing it really just depends on the quality of my backup option. All right. Well, another return to be very excited about. I mean, with Ruiz, it almost just feels like a, a major league debut, even though it isn't. But Corey Kluber, legitimately returning to the Yankees rotation, uh, he's going to be the starter on Monday against the Angels. That would also line him up for a second start this week against the Orioles uh, with Andrew Haney going to the bullpen. So are you ready to roll with Corey Kluber this week? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think we've seen enough good from Kluber this year to be interested in him in most formats. I think as long as we're not talking about a matchup against the top five offense, and we're not in this case, (laughs) I think it's worth going ahead and rolling him out there in his first start back. Arguably a matchup against a bottom five offense, at least uh, since the All-Star break. So uh, pretty nice landing spot there, really, for both starts for Corey Kluber this week. George Springer, we are looking to see him return to the Blue Jays on Monday. So good news there. Rymel Tapia also expected to come off the IL on Monday. Any concerns about either his playing time or Connor Joe's? Uh, ostensibly, Joe would be in left field. But do you see any sort of spillover there? 
I think they can move Joe around enough where Tapia coming back doesn't necessarily make his playing time dry up. I think they owe it to themselves as an organization to see if Joe can continue to hit the way he has throughout August through the final month of the season because there'd be reason to possibly keep him around in 2022 if he can. Yep. So uh, yeah, it would be the the good move to make. Uh, more Yankees news here. Uh, we already talked about Kluber. Glaber Torres began a rehab assignment with Double A Somerset on Sunday, and he is looking to return this Friday. So that'd be very good to see. Chris Paddock. He is expected to return for the Padres on Monday against the Diamondbacks. Couple of players that should come back at some point this week, probably in the latter part of the week for the Astros: Jose Urquidy and Chaz McCormick. And I did see on one site uh, there being speculation that it might be Luis Garcia going to the bullpen to make room for Urquidy. And then as far as Chaz McCormick is concerned, I would think that he might not necessarily play that much because Jake Myers has been playing and hitting really well. So how do you see those two situations shaking out? I'm with you on the McCormick situation with Myers playing well. They probably don't have to force it with him. I think with Garcia, they're probably looking for ways to dial back on his innings in September to try and keep him fresh for October. The bigger question is, do you hold him for the last couple weeks of the season? Because I would assume if they intend on having Garcia in the playoff rotation, they want to make sure he's at least going five innings for those last couple of starts before we get to the playoffs. So while he might not be used as much as we'd like him to in these next two weeks, the value in the final two to three weeks could still be pretty high for him, given how well he's pitched. All right. Uh, situation to watch there. And uh, Mets note here, Noah Syndergaard has tested positive for COVID-19, will be shut down on his rehab assignment for at least 10 days. Was there a reason to be stashing him anyway? And if there was, is there now? I don't think there really was. He's not throwing breaking balls, which is at the instruction of one of the most brilliant organizations in sports, um, given their flawless track record of handling injuries. I'm, I'm sure you should trust everything they tell you to do if you're a player in that organization right now. But as Cindergard goes, I was just worried about usage, and I didn't think there was going to be enough immediate value to justify stashing him just based on some of the changes they were making and the number of setbacks that he's had. And uh, one bullpen note, uh, Alex Reyes, not a good night for him. Walked a couple of batters, then gave up a walk-off to Yoshi Sutsugo. So uh, losing the game and blowing the save against the Pirates. Uh, Those were the first walks, by the way, that Reyes has issued since August 5th. I have to admit that surprised me because he's had a series of rough outings really throughout the month of August. But it's not been the walks or the control for Reyes. But in this particular case, that really was part of what did him in. Uh, Are you back or were you ever looking to speculate on Giovanni Gallegos? Uh, How are you reading this situation? I guess Gallegos for me has been rosterable all season, even when Reyes has pitched well because Gallegos is so good in a setup role that you can justify using him even when he's not getting saved. So not much has changed for me with Gallegos. And I think it's actually a pretty encouraging sign that Reyes's control has improved as much as we've seen it improve over the course of the season. Yeah, so even though it looks, you know, trend-wise, like maybe he is, his job is in trouble, the peripherals kind of tell a different story. So if you've got Reyes, that's something to just take note of. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, let's take a look 
at uh, some of the uh, Sunday standouts here. We'll start with uh, Jesus Lizardo. Um, really nice performance from him. I've just really been rooting for him, especially since coming over to the Marlins. It's been disappointing on the whole, but a really good start against a good Cincinnati team. Six scoreless innings, just one hit and one walk allowed. Uh, eight big strikeouts for him. He's got the Phillies this week. Do you have enough confidence to let him roll? Still want to use him more in situations where I'm not trying to gain points and ratios. I, I think there's still a lot of risk. One good start is a step in the right direction, especially with it being against a tough opponent. The Reds are an above-average offense. I did catch them at home, and he catches the Phillies at home. So in 15-teamers, I'm erring on the side of playing him. In more shallow formats, I'm actually erring on the side of giving it another week before turning Luzardo loose. All righty. And Antonio Sensatella, another good start for him. Now, I've been kind of uh, driving the Kylan Freeland hype train on this show for a few weeks, uh, but I've talked a little bit about Sensatella as well and maybe need to be giving him a bit more attention because he's really been nearly as effective as Freeland has for the last two months. Seven shutout innings at the Dodgers on Sunday, two hits, one walk, five strikeouts for Sensatella. So now uh, going back uh, over his last 54 and two-thirds innings, a 3.29 ERA, 41 strikeouts against 10 walks, just two homers. That last stat is the key one for Sensatella. Allows a lot of contact, but not much hard contact at all. He's got the Braves this week, so another challenging matchup. Do you think he's up to it? I don't want to trust it, especially in Colorado. I think Sensatella is the guy that I've always been, the kind of guy that I've always been interested in if he leaves the Rockies. I think there's good enough talent there that if you took him out of that park and enabled the pitches to move the way they move on the road all the time, that would make him a more viable fantasy starter. But I've just never felt confident enough to use him. Uh, even trying to spot him in road matchups or even the occasional you know bad offense showing up at Coors, I've never felt good enough to play him, even though he does show some flashes. Yeah, I'm with you there. Maybe that should change, but... Uh... Yeah, as for now, still a little distrusting uh, of Sensatella. Uh, Taylor Hearn with a very good start and also with a tough matchup against the Astros. Uh, six and two-thirds innings, two runs on six hits, no walks, six strikeouts. And he's been a little under the radar, but performing pretty well for a while now. Uh, his last 31 and a third innings, that covers five starts and a couple of long relief appearances. So over that 31 and a third innings, a 2.87 ERA, 27 strikeouts against 10 walks, four homers. So... Maybe a little bit more strikeout appeal than Sensatella per inning, uh, but also some similar contact management skills for Hearn. He's got a much, much better uh, matchup than Sensatella does this week. He's got the Angels in Anaheim. So how do you feel about that one? If I had to pick between the two, I'd actually rather use Hearn. I think you know, two Rangers starters right now, Taylor Hearn and Glenn Otto, are both sort of interesting to me with their upcoming schedule and with the opportunity for them to go 5-plus in this Rangers rotation. Yeah, I like them both as uh, deep league streamers for sure. Otto, very, very intriguing and getting some attention in Sunday Fab as well. Uh, let's go to one more pitcher. We're kind of ratcheting uh, further and further down in terms of the contact managers. Paul Blackburn, sort of the ultimate contact manager. Do you recall, I think it was 2018 DVR, had something like three strikeouts per nine innings for the A's and still did pretty well, uh, getting a few more strikeouts uh, so far this year. But only one strikeout in five innings against the Yankees on Sunday. That was enough. He didn't give up any runs, five hits, one walk. Uh, he's now got a 2.81 ERA after three starts this season for Blackburn. Uh, he's got the Blue Jays in Toronto. So I think that one's pretty easy. No chance I would use him. <laughs> any appeal beyond that start? 
it really depends on the schedule, but I feel like the K rate is so low. It has to be a layup win situation for me to even try it. All right. And then a couple of pitchers that may be a little bit concerning. Ian Anderson, his first start back from the IL, no strikeouts in five and two thirds, uh, but uh, overall, you know, good result, a, a scoreless uh, outing for him, but just seven swinging strikes uh, on the day for him. Uh, so he's got the Rockies in Colorado. Do we play it safe? Yeah, I would. I know it's Anderson's got the future ceiling of someone that you might use in a spot like that, but not today. Like I'm not there with him skills wise to trust him enough to throw him in Coors Field. All right. And Kyle Hendricks, the other one struggling, uh, really struggled quite a bit over the last few weeks, uh, this time against the White Sox. He's got the Pirates this week. Uh, You still feel good about that? I don't feel good about it, but it's a good enough matchup where I would actually still try and throw Kyle Hendricks out there and just hope for six innings and a win. All right. Well, a lot of pitching there to talk about. A number of two homer performances on Sunday. We're just going to focus on one here. Joey Wendell, his eighth and ninth homers of the season in Baltimore. Uh, still you know, primarily starting against righties, but uh, do you see any weekly appeal here for Wendell? I, I'm trying not to read too much into it. and I think the playing time is not quite as stable as it was earlier in the season for Wendell either. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely not. Uh, all right, let's look ahead to Monday streamers. So just going to give you four names here, and you can riff as you so choose. Uh, Johnny Cueto versus the Brewers. Bailey Ober at Detroit. Luis Patino gets the Red Sox at home. And A.J. Alexi making his Major League debut against the Rockies in Arlington. I love picking on the Rockies. I'm not doing it with A.J. Alexi. I think of those options, I actually like Bailey Ober the most. I know the Tigers are proving to be a kind of a feisty late season matchup for a lot of pitchers, but Ober's gone through a pretty difficult stretch of the schedule, mostly unscathed. And I think he's shown at least consistent command, not necessarily a great arsenal, but good enough to be a quality back end starter. So I'm Ober and Cueto, I think, on the streaming front for Monday. Patino, because of the matchup, even though he's pitched well recently, I'm trying to shy away from if possible. All right. Let's just take a look at some players that uh, may cause a, uh, a dilemma for us uh, setting lineups. Jo- uh, Shohei Otani. Now, he is expected to start Tuesday against the Yankees, but as a hitter, any worries there? Hit by a pitch on his wrist this weekend. X-rays came negative, came back negative, uh, but any worries using him as a DH? A little bit, but I think just given the encouraging news here, we can err on the side of playing to play him, barring something that changes in the next 24 hours or so. Okay, and Chris Bryant with a side injury did not play either Saturday or Sunday. A little more cautious there just because of the way they've backed off him for a couple of days and the way they mix and match the depth that they have. But I would say Bryant is playing well enough where you really want to force him in, even if you think he's going to miss a game or two to begin the week. All right, one last player here. Dylan Carlson, he is healthy, but uh, tough, tough schedule. Three games in Cincinnati, three at Milwaukee. A lot, a lot of tough pitchers in that stretch. Not really... um, you know, setting the world on fire offensively. So can we afford to sit him? Yeah, you can. I mean, the power and speed have not been there the way we've hoped this season. Uh, I know he homered on Saturday, and that's fine. He's a good young player who I think still has uh, another level to reach. But in matchups this difficult, he hasn't shown us enough to where you want to just push on through and leave him in the lineup. I'd look very carefully at the alternatives. All right, so ending the Monday show here on a cautious note. So uh, good luck this week with setting your lineups and rotations. That's going to be it, though, for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you do have an opportunity to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, we thank you in advance for doing so. For Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll be back here on Tuesday.